Welcome back to the Jamie McKelting Show, or if you're new, welcome. Today, I'm proud to bring on a very special guest, Canadian Premier League Vice President of Media and Content and Broadcaster One Soccer, Christian Jack, is virtually sitting down with me this afternoon to chat about all things soccer. Christian, welcome to the Jamie McKelting Show. Jamie, pleasure to be on with you. Thank you for the invite. Uh, no worries, no worries. I mean, what an exciting time it is for Canada soccer, isn't it? It's a great time for Canada soccer. You know, obviously, you think about the the major hurdles they've jumped over the last few months, right? You know, Canada women winning the gold in the Tokyo Olympics, captivating the nation again. And then the men's qualifiers have just been so special, haven't they? In terms of here we are talking now about they're getting very close to, to qualifying for the men's World Cup and not lost a game yet. It's been a pretty special moment. It's certainly been pretty special to cover it. And it's great to talk to people like you and, and your listeners about how exciting it is. I mean, no doubt. I mean, and so that kind of leads into the first question about how do you see the recent success achieved by Team Canada in the World Cup qualifying games? Well, I think it's been an extremely successful ride because the results have been there, but obviously the way that the results have been achieved, you know, the way that you go out and get those wins, it's not just about holding deep and just hoping things come your way and, you know, bounce of a ball here or there and you get a look at the draw here or there it's it's going out there and effectively putting your front foot forward in every game and dictating the way that you want to play and it was a little bit difficult to do that in Hamilton against the U.S. because of obviously they were tired and the fatigue and the situation of flying back from Honduras and but I still think they played a way to manage the game very well and stay in the game and then win the game 2-0 and I think they were the fair winners so I think that's the biggest thing for me Jimmy is that they kept it really uh Pretty, pretty professional, you know, as, as game managers throughout this whole process. Absolutely. And, you know, when I was watching that game against Honduras, I couldn't take my eyes off of Kyle Lahren. Um, you know, what a guy he's he's been, what a star he's been for Canada. Um, you know, when the team needs a big goal and big boost, he certainly gives it on and off the pitch, uh, even despite being without Alfonso Davies. Let's be clear there. Um, and so how big of a boost and really um, a key piece Kyle Lauren has been, especially being without their star players for quite some time now? Yeah, well, I, I think Canada has both Lauren and Jonathan David as pivotal players who can score goals out of nothing, right? You know, this is what we're struggling with around the region right now is the U.S. is struggling to find that goal scorer. Mexico just drew nil-nil. They're really struggling in the final third as well. And and Canada has Lahren and David, but Lahren's been exceptional. You know, he's been obviously the leading goal scorer now after his goal in Hamilton. Most of his goals have been one-touch finishes. He's got very soft feet. He reads the game very well and does all the work before he actually finishes it. Many people just see the finish, uh, but his off-the-ball movement has been sensational. He's grown up a lot, you know, over the last three or four years. He's been through some different different times and difficult times personally, and and he's just playing the best football of his career, and he's doing a great job in a, a very professional environment in Besiktas as well. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to watch. I mean, certainly. And, you know, you look at the, the squad that they have, um, but also, more importantly, the, the lead role of John Herdman um, mm -hmm. and what he's done to really captivate a nation um, and build a squad that really could make some noise um, in the World Cup, even though they may be up against some tough, challenging countries. Uh, I mean, you look at the, you know, I mean, Brazil, you mean Germany, Spain, Italy. Um, but I mean, let's let's even talk about, you know, how Canada has sort, sort of now become the soccer mecca world. Let's put, put it that way. 
I mean, after you saw Toronto FC landing that signing of Lorenzo Insigne, um, and now, you know, finishing Carlos Salcedo. So how does that sort of boost Canada's sort of uh, focus of soccer as a whole? And how does that sort of change the landscape? Well, the culture is changing very differently in this country. You know, 20 years ago, people who loved the sport didn't have games to go and watch at a professional level. There was no MLS games. There was no Toronto FC Academy. There was no pathway for young players to come through like we have now with the Canadian Premier League. Um, and so it was very difficult for, play, for, for fans to even find people that knew how to watch the games, who to hang out with the games and watch them. And the players had no chance, right? Very little chance. Those that, that, that did, you know, those that overcame the barriers that were with them, um, were phenomenal achievers because they had, it was such a very difficult time for them to go around the world and become professional players. Now it's very different. You know, now with Toronto FC and the culture that's been created and the fact that you can go to Toronto or Vancouver, Montreal, watch an MLS game, or you can go to these markets in the Canadian Premier League, watch these young players developing as young professional players, is a tremendous pathway for the Canadian game because they can go on now and they can produce at a higher level and go on to play for Canada. So, you know, the TFC thing is it's been great. You know, they've had ups and downs, but we saw it in 2017, the culture of winning and what that can resonate with people in this country. So Canada's next, right? They know, you know, you're a winning team, you do well. That's how you get people to jump in. And it's been fantastic. I mean, you're certainly right on that point. Um, and, you know, when you look at, you know, Team Canada um, and the preparations now that they're looking ahead to make uh, for a potential qualifying spot in the World Cup, what sort of expectations do you have in order in, in terms of the preparation that they're trying to make for the World Cup? What do you expect from them uh, moving forward? Well, I think they've got to get there officially. You know, they know that. Um, and after that, the, the plan will be just the same. It will be continue to try and stay unbeaten or stay at the top of the table. And then they're trying to battle their way through the world rankings because they are important because they are evaluated in terms of how the pots are assigned for the World Cup. So if they can get out of pot four and try and get into pot three, that will give them an easier game, um, you know, theoretically. So that will help them. Uh, and then, you know, that's the plan, I think. And after that, we'll wait till the draw happens in early April and then the evaluation process starts again about how far they can go there. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the draw is sort of like an unpredictable thing. Um, anything can happen. You know, you can get the worst of teams or you can get the best of teams. Right. Uh, right? It, it's sort of like a, like a lottery. It's, it's, it's a lot of like, all right, who has the best luck in it? Uh, and, and sort of that's, that's the way it usually goes in these sorts of, you know, draws or drafts of which teams you get. Um, so with that being said, you know, when you look at, um, you know, basketball and hockey, um, and obviously soccer has been a, a long time favorite sport and popular sport. But do you think now that Canada has made so much noise, do you think they have now become the more popular sport than basketball and hockey combined? I think it's difficult to evaluate something like that. I mean, I understand that, like, I think your generation and the younger generation are more in tune with soccer than any other generation prior to that. And they have access to watching it more games than ever. They have connections around the world. They can watch Messi or Ronaldo or Barcelona or whoever, PSG, Man United, whoever team they support. And, you know, they, they have that connection. So the sport has definitely gone and grown in leaps and bounds. You know, we still got a long way to go with the casual fans. You know, the you know, fans who are in the 40s and 50s and, the, you know, in, in rural Canada, hockey is everything, you know. So I think hockey is still the number one sport 
in terms of popularity, but I don't think it's far behind. And I think soccer one day or very soon will be taking over that mantle. For sure. For sure. And, you know, you know, there, there's been so much different aspects and different perspectives from so many different people. And that comes with a lot of confusion as well. Um, I won't, I won't mistaken on that. Um, and so there's been a lot of people questioning about like, how does Canada qualify for the world cup um, on Wednesday and how do they make their spot? Um, so can you sort of clarify to people what sort of things that do Canada need to make in order to clinch it on Wednesday um, to book their spot for the first time since 1986? Well, to have it to have it as early as Wednesday, they need the United States to lose at home to Honduras in Minnesota, which kicks off before the Canada game. That's the most unlikely thing that will happen. Um, they need the they, they need Panama to lose in Mexico, which is very possible. Uh, and they need Costa Rica to not win in Jamaica. So those are the things that would happen all coupled with an away win in El Salvador for themselves. So all four games are happening on the same night. All four have ramifications for Canada. Um, if Costa Rica would kick off the night early in Jamaica, don't go and win that game. And suddenly Panama lose against the United States, uh, against Mexico. Suddenly the United States have to be under us at home. And then uh, we'll see. You know, in many ways, I think they just don't care about that, Canada. You know, that's for the medium for us to discuss. They, they just got to keep taking it one game at a time. And um, look, if they go and win in El Salvador and get a nine-point window and win a sixth game in a row, like the rest of it will take care of itself. They're going to get to the World Cup. They just have to make sure that they're, they're in the right position for the next window. And in many ways, it might be a good thing if they qualify in the next window to carry that momentum forward and keep the motivation high. Absolutely. And you talk about motivation. Um so let's talk about that. I mean, what are some of the main objectives Canada need to achieve to remain at the top of the table throughout these last two windows? Well, I think it's the standard of play the plane. It's the mindset coupled with that as well. The fact that they've managed games so well um, and a belief that there's a real deep purpose here for them to not just qualify, but to go unbeaten. They feel like that is definitely on a, a very achievable uh, goal now. When you go unbeaten against Mexico and the United States, you know, you've got a pretty good chance of trying to beat the rest of the teams or go unbeaten as well. So, look, I don't think at the end of the day, if they don't go unbeaten and they still qualify, I don't think people are going to care too much about that. But internally, I think they do. And I think that they believe that they can keep climbing those rankings to get a higher position in the pot in the World Cup. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what do we have to look ahead to? And that is the 2026 Joint World Cup. Right. And that's what a lot of people are looking forward to right now. Um, and, and you know, we can, we can talk all about it and we can say, you know, this far into it and we can get into the details and the nitty gritty stuff. Uh, but when it comes to the 2026 World Cup, how huge of a moment and cultural shift do you feel it will be for the nation? Well, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for it to be that. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done before that. Right. Hosting a World Cup is not just about games being played on the pitch. It's great to welcome these countries to come into Canada. And my belief is that hopefully they come to Canada and they stay in Canada and they train in Canada and they prepare for the games within Canada and they mix within Canadian people and within wherever they are, not just stay in the United States because the training facilities are better and they jet, they jet in for a game and they jet out. So I really hope that happens. And there's a lot of work and facilities that need to be completed between now and then. I believe that that can happen. Um, but as you rightly said, if the work is done properly, the, um, the opportunity is there to maintain this very special opportunity with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to host a World Cup and resonate with Canadian fans. You know, not only can they go watch these games, but 
also know that the world is watching matches in their wonderful country. And we've seen all around the world when you have an Olympics, so you have a World Cup, how the scenes of that country can just do so much for the country because so many people are watching it from around the world. So and that, for me, is an, um, an opportunity that cannot be missed for Canada, and particularly Canadian soccer. Certainly. Um, and, I, and I know, you know, there's so much excitement, and I know there, there's just so much you know, happiness among Canadians that we haven't seen in a long time, um, especially, you know, like during these times where everything's so uncertain. So true, man. And, yeah. and you, need, you need some cheering in your lives, you know, and, Absolutely. I, and I think Canada's team is definitely doing that. Um, even looking ahead to the, you know, the Beijing Olympics of what's happening now, um, you know, the uncertainty with that. And, and even though it's moving forward, uh, there's still so much positivity happening. Um, right. I need to see that. Um, but anyways, and I know you've got a busy schedule, so, I mean, thank you so much for taking your time, um, and for this insightful, interesting conversation about Canada soccer. Um, I had a blast. So thank you very much. Dig me. I had a great time as well, my man. Keep up the great work yourself and thanks for all your listeners and, uh, chat with you again sometime soon. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, man. That was the Canadian Premier League Vice President Media and Content and Broadcaster for One Soccer, Christian Jack. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're new to my podcast, feel free to check out my show. That is available on all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for more episodes right here on the Jigme Kelting Show. Until then, have a great day and I will chat with you soon.